All right, today is September 23rd, 2020. It's the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. Week 3 preview, bring out your dead. That's a fun song, Jason. Oh, I dig this tune. I discovered it on a trivia night. On a trivia night. On trivia night. <laughs> and so, tonight is uh, our week three preview. We have two weeks of the NFL in the books. It's uh, been very nice to watch some NFL football. I'm uh, pretty happy with my fantasy team so far. Dave, are you content with what's happened in your fantasy life? I, I don't. I don't have like a. <laughs> I don't have like a weekly check-in or anything like that. I just. I just enjoy football and managing teams and, uh, you know, I. I'm definitely one of those people that I don't think uh, can even have any sort of uh, idea about how a team is doing until let's say week four or five, um, because okay. I've seen plenty of teams that have just been horrendously chopped in half after week three and four or. Uh, start off 0 and 4, and then win the next six games. So uh, I I'm doing fine, I think. But the things we can't control, like injuries and stuff, that's the reason we have these shows in the first place, is to try to figure out what to do. And you're of course referring to fantasy football teams and not to real uh, football teams, right? What do you mean? Well, I mean, I would say that we know that the Jets are terrible and that the Panthers are a dumpster fire. Yeah, not much to be done about the Jets, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> So, um, tonight, we have a few beers here to join us. I have the Charlatan, which is an American pale ale made by Maplewood Brewing Company right out of Chicago. So, it's a local brewery. Uh, What do you got over there, Dave? It looks even more local than mine. Uh, Scorched Earth Vienna German-style lager. Comes from Scorched Earth in Algonquin, Illinois, over by the Fox River. Um, A a cool place that's nearby where where I uh, live currently. And... I think that it's important to support your local beers and your local breweries. Yeah. Because they're the ones that make the local beers. I concur. Yeah, let's... I mean, that's a very local one. I feel like with the right potato cannon, you could hit their parking lot from here. Sure. Well, let's not let's not try to give people like an exact location <laughs> where, where I'm based out of. But yeah, I do like Scorched Earth. Also in Huntley, if anyone is familiar with the area, there's another brewery called So Hop that I like a lot. I'd love to approach some of these about... Uh, sponsorships even, you know, for uh, for a podcast. So if you're out there listening uh, from So Hopped or Scorched Earth, we would love to uh, to drink your beer in exchange for some nice words about it, if it's good. We would certainly not be those people that, um, that are just espousing the value of something that we don't believe in. Right. I mean, but spoiler alert, we've already had most of your beers and we think they're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so what's on the what's on the docket for tonight? Um, so it's been a rough week in the NFL and uh, there's been a lot of injuries and I, I think a lot of people were using the unprecedented word this week. Bring out your dad. So why don't you give us a quick rundown? Bring out your dad. Of the deceased. 
Right, so uh, quick bulletin. Uh, Saquon Barkley tore his ACL and out for the year. We're going to go through these quickly because all of you guys, hopefully, that are listening to the show are already familiar with at least the cursory knowledge of the news that happened over the last couple of days. God forbid you didn't watch the football games this weekend, right? There were actually some really good ones. Um, Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey is going to miss four to six weeks with an ankle injury. One of the things that the, they're doing now uh, with uh, COVID being so predominant in the sport is changing the IR to last at a, uh, a, a minimum of three weeks, which means that they can put a lot of these guys on IR for small injuries. So Christian McCaffrey heads to IR even though he might come back in four weeks. That's pretty cool for the team because they can bring in more people. Yeah, a lot, of more, a lot more flexibility on the roster, which is good. Uh, 49ers running backs Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, knee injuries – could miss a few weeks, so we'll talk about Jarek McKinnon later, who's the guy who kind of comes in and, and becomes the guy that maybe he was supposed to be before. Yeah. Uh, uh, Broncos wide receiver Cortland Sutton, who is such an important piece of that offense, tore his ACL, missed the rest of the season. Oh, man, so many injuries this last week. You're not even halfway through them yet. Devontae <laughs> Adams had a hamstring issue, a lot of soft tissue stuff. Um, it's debatable whether or not that's something that we could – say is because there was no preseason, uh, there weren't a lot of uh, like full contact scrimmages, things like that. I guess you could make that statement, but like every single year, every single season, whenever we start this uh, podcast up in August or September, we always say, think to ourselves, oh my God, that's more injuries than we've ever seen before. And usually when we do the numbers, we find out it's about the same. <laughs> and it, that could be true here, too. What we're really seeing, I think, this week is just that more uh, higher-level fantasy players have been injured at once. Sure. This week, you essentially had the top two running backs and the top two wide receivers be injured. Yeah, that's that's more than rough. And, that's... of course, Michael Thomas didn't even play this week, but um, he counts. Yeah, we talk about uh, some of these players, uh, but, but there's also other ones that, that haven't been playing, like Kenny Galladay, etc. A lot of those guys that are number one receivers on their team aren't playing right now. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, injured ankle, week to week. Um, the 49ers, uh, that's that's pretty rough for them. That's the guy that they're leaning on. Uh, not only that, but everyone seems to be injured on the 49ers. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, they have 49 injuries last I checked. <laughs> how, how big is the roster? <laughs> how many players do they have on their squad, then, you're saying? Right. All of them injured. Uh, Broncos quarterback Drew Locke has an AC joint sprain. Will miss two to six weeks. So who'd they bring in for Denver? Blake Bortles. Oh, yeah. This is one of those years. Not that he's going to start yet. Well. But they have um, <laughs> the guy from Den- Detroit last year, right? I'm not sure. I-, I have to tell you that I would not be surprised at all to see Blake Bortles making starts because you're talking about him starting over a guy who I think before that, uh, uh, the-, the-, the current incumbent backup, has only had like several starts under his belt at all ever. And Blake, yeah. Blake Bortles is still not a horrible quarterback. I I think he's definitely uh, uh, startable. It's Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. Who I think was the Detroit starter until he got hurt last you, year. You know, he was uh, a backup for the Bengals for a while and then started for the Bengals. And then maybe he was traded over to Detroit. I, I don't remember yeah. that part of his saga. And no one else remembers the Jeff Driscoll saga either. So uh... <laughs> Jeff Driscoll has a hard time remembering it. So he's let's... That unremarkable let's be honest with ourselves and know that blake bortles will be the quarterback of uh of the denver broncos in like two weeks yeah i could see it <laughs> uh paris campbell who uh is he was doing really well he looked to have like a breakout season ac joint sprain or sorry a pcl issue for multiple weeks 
that has some weird side effects of, of bringing up other characters that are lesser known. So you've got uh, guys like Michael Pittman now that no one knows about who's a rookie from this year. Who knows what will happen with the Colts wide receiver room? Yeah. Uh, certainly not throwing it to Ty Hilton. Um, Sterling Shepard has a toe injury and could miss a few weeks. He was put on the IR, which, again, only means at least three weeks. Yeah, we'll touch on this later, but I believe it was turf toe, which if it's an actual case of turf toe and, and not a light case of turf toe, if it's a medium to high uh, um, uh, turf issue of that. If the turf is medium What the hell is turf toe? It's just a very odd uh, injury in a very specific place. Um, But I think it... it, it, Well, you can look it up and and tell us if there's like a doctor who's given a description of it. So foothealthfacts.org says, Turf toe is a sprain of the big toe joint resulting from injury during sports activities. The injury usually results from excessive upward bending of the big toe joint. The condition can be caused from either jamming the toe or repetitive injury when pushing off repeatedly when running or jumping. Yeah, so, so I mean, it's one of those injuries that, as we know as uh, fantasy footballers for years and years, uh, it is a lingering issue, sometimes doesn't go away in a year, sometimes doesn't go away for a long time. It's not as bad as, like, uh, 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 plantar fasciitis, for example, that, like, Antonio Gates suffered from for a long time. But it's one of those that things... That seems chronic with some players. Yeah, but this is an injury that, if they don't deal with it, could be uh, something they suffer with for the whole year or longer. So, Sterling Shepard, another guy that preseason we were talking about could have a really good year. Doesn't look like that's going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, Cam Akers with a rib and Malcolm Brown with a finger left their Week 2 game. So, those running backs for the Los Angeles Rams... And then Bengals tight end C.J. Uzoma will miss the rest of the season with an ACL tear. Again, he was uh, looking to to do pretty well and was before that ACL tear. So there are some other injuries that we're not going to go into all the details of. But suffice to say that shit's just going down uh, in week two and even before it. And I think that this year there's going to be a, a lot of injuries. There always are, but we will at least be on par, if not exceeding that of the last couple of years. We have, on the bright side, gone two weeks without reporting any new case of, cases of COVID in the NFL. So, you know, silver linings, I guess. Mm. Everyone's just getting injured by normal old injuries rather than the new hotness. So we'll keep an eye on all that and, um, you know, we'll give you some players who will succeed in their place. I'm going to give you five replacement players who are actually going to succeed for you. Because there's a lot of waiver wire pickups this week for this giant slew of players that we just went through. Um, But only a few of them, in my opinion, are going to really succeed. So starting this off, we've got Deion Lewis running back for the Giants. So Saquon is done for the season. The The Giants did sign Devonta Freeman, but he's not going to be ready yet. I don't even know if he'll be active in week three. In my opinion, you're going to want to roll with... Deion Lewis is a week three spot start. It's not going to last. It's probably only going to be a week or two that he's 
uh, worthwhile. So if he does have a big week, put him on the trading block. Uh, Lewis did find the end zone last week. He had 14 touches against the Tough Bears defense. This week, he's going to be facing the 49ers. They have their own problems, not only the offensive problems we mentioned, but they have plenty of defensive problems, too. They just lost Nick Bosa for the year, for instance, their best player on defense. So um, in week one, the 49ers gave up double-digit points to both Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. I expect Lewis to be in the 15-plus touch range this week. And as we always say with running backs, you want to see the volume there. So he's going to get a lot of work based on the fact that he's the only third down back on the team. I expect the Giants, because they have their own problems on offense, to be in third down a lot. So that means that Deion Lewis is going to see plenty of time. There's going to be lots of checkdowns to him. He's going to get a lot of work. I like Lewis more than Gallman this week, and I, I don't even know that Gallman is going to be that relevant because once... Devonta Freeman can get into the fold week four, week five. I think it's going to be a lot of him. So do you like Deion Lewis at all, Dave? No, I mean, I don't think that Deion Lewis has been a player in the last couple of years. That is someone you wanted to start since, uh, since he was on the Titans. Uh, I do think that he was always someone involved with the, with receptions. And so I agree with you that this could be a week where he can put up a above average floor and that's what you're looking for with a lot of these injuries. So I, I don't like him long-term. I do like him as a spot start. Absolutely, I agree with that. Um, I, I tend to think that it's going to end up being some kind of a combination between Freeman and Lewis going forward, unless Devontae Freeman can show that he's head and shoulders above Lewis. But that's a different week's discussion. For this particular discussion, I will concede that, in, in, for example, in a PPR league, I would start Deion Lewis if I didn't have two better running backs. Sure. But I, I don't know that in a standard league, I would start him even in a spot start because I don't believe in the Giants. I don't believe they can get to the end zone. I don't believe he has a high uh, a possibility of scoring touchdowns. Yeah, and if you're still playing in a standard league, get with it. Add some, <laughs> add some sort of scoring for receptions. Yeah, that's true too. The more points <laughs> makes you more happy. Points equal happiness So if you play fantasy football. So start Lewis in a PPR league if you need a spot start. If you're not in a PPR league, get out of that league and join a PPR league. That's <laughs> Great advice. So we've got Joshua Kelly, the rookie for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's a running back. He's not directly replacing anybody with injury, so I suppose it's a little bit of a stretch. However, the Chargers lost their starting quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, because he was given an injection in the wrong manner, and it deflated his lung pregame on Sunday, and he wasn't able to start. So Justin is that Herbert, that TV show, The Good Doctor? Is that the the Good Doctor? Apparently, uh, he's the only celebrity who is still recognizable because he always wears a mask when he's on TV. Uh-huh. I watched the Emmys on Sunday night instead of the football game. I'm sorry. You're one of the few. I was with my family. <laughs> I watch what they want to watch. Anyways, um, so. Joshua Kelly is going to kind of be a big featured part of that run game because Kelly and Eckler are tied with 35 carries on the season already. That is sixth most in the league among all running backs. This week, they're going to feast on a terrible Panthers defense. The Panthers are currently giving up the most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So Kelly got even more carries than Eckler in week two. So I'm not hesitant, even though he's a rookie. Eckler has always succeeded as kind of the second guy. I see this as a 1A, 1B. They're going to use both guys a lot, and I like Josh Kelly here a lot. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I've, I've loved Kelly since the beginning, drafted him on a couple of leagues, notably dynasty leagues. It's interesting that he is a is a rookie whose pedigree is, uh, is round four. He was picked number 112. So generally you would think that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to have a lot of usage. But what you saw from the from the scouts and all the word from the team was that this guy was exactly what they wanted, and, and he, they, were, they were going for him the whole time. So that's always good to see. Plus, Eckler has been great. There's no doubt about that. But yeah. it's, it's clear to all of us that have been watching football for a long time and been invested in it in you know as much as fantasy football and uh, in the betting world and everything else, that when you have a, a guy like Eckler, he is simply uh, a little more fragile than, than those other football players are. And no team in general is going to continue to give a guy like that the load all the time when they don't uh, when they have an alternative that's viable. So 100% they're going to split carries. The people that went into this season, did you draft Eckler in any of your fantasy leagues? I did not. Then I didn't either. And, and I think for the reason that we talked about before, that he had a great year last year. Yeah, they didn't really have a chance to get one of their own guys. Now they did. I don't see any situation, barring injury, that Eckler is taking all the carries. Just not going to happen anymore. Agreed. And this is a good thing for both. I think Eckler is going to be more valuable to you by not breaking down uh, in a, in a two back situation. And because Justin Herbert, and we'll get to this a little bit later because he's playing, they're going to lean on the run game more. Um, so staying on the West coast, even though they're playing on the East coast, we got Jarek McKinnon, who you mentioned earlier running back for the 49ers or the, um, I believe it was the 39ers as was mentioned in the chat room. <laughs> so uh, we may even get down to the 29ers at some point. McKinnon has six carries this season, his first carries since 2017. So finally he's healthy, but basically he's the last man standing in the 49ers backfield. Tevin Coleman is on IR. Raheem Mostert is going to sit this week, is the way it looks right now. Obviously, as we always like to reiterate, it's only Wednesday night when we're uh, recording the podcast. So pay attention to Thursday practice, Friday practice. If people play on practice on Friday, they usually play on Sunday. Yeah. So... McKinnon um, is the only guy there right now. He's got two touchdowns this season. He had a 55-yard run last week. So it shows he has the talent still in the breakaway speed to take advantage of the opportunities that Kyle Shanahan is creating for that offense. We saw Raheem Mostert take touchdowns for 76 and 80 yards this season, which you can check out more details of in my column, Statistically Insignificant. I'm just tongue-twisting myself all night. It's easier to write than to say. It's not even that easy to write, but I like the name, so I'm going to stick with it. I was trying to throw you a bone here, man. I appreciate it. Cheers. (laughs) Anyways, uh, that's a Monday column. Please go to drink5.com. Check out all of the good stuff that we put up there all week long. Anyways, back to McKinnon. Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive mind. He can scheme maybe the best run game in the league right now. McKinnon is going to be able to take advantage of that because he has the talent to do it. They still have the offensive line to take care of it. They're playing the Giants. It's not going to create uh, an insurmountable you know, defense against the 49ers. So the Jets, um, they're playing the Giants. I talked up the Jets. I'm going to skip that part. <laughs> or did they play the Giants last week and now they're playing the Jets? No, they played the Jets. <laughs> uh, I, I can look it up to confirm. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Talking about... 
the 49ers on uh on 49ers Sunday, week three they play the Giants. they play the giants yeah so no the new york you're just mixing up new york new okay york. so i wrote jets but it actually does apply to the giants now that i look at what i'm saying so now that you guys uh have a back seat into all of the notes that i've been writing let <laughs> me continue the giants have given up two fantasy good fantasy games uh to opposing running backs one of them was to benny snell on that opening Monday night when Benny Snell had to come in for James Conner. And then the other one was to David Montgomery last week. So I don't think that you have to worry about the matchup against the Giants, aside from perhaps turf monsters. The 49ers seem very concerned with the turf at MetLife Stadium. They've talked about it being spongy. Um, I don't know if there's other issues with it. It's an artificial turf. I don't know why it would have so many problems and cause so many injuries. However, um, it's something to pay attention to. It could be a reason for them to sit George Kittle this week. So uh, I also like, so I, I like Jarek McKinnon. These are all players I, I like to start this week. Well, let me talk about McKinnon real quickly. Please. Because uh, again, I, I sort of agree with your assertions and I picked him up in a league uh, thinking that, that maybe he would, would take a big piece of this pie going forward, especially with these other injuries, uncertainties. But you do uh, forget a little bit about that gentleman, uh, uh, Jeff Wilson, who's on the 49ers, who is only 24 years old, scored four touchdowns last year when there was nobody else there, and he was the guy in the backfield. So um, I, I, I have a feeling that there's, there's a possibility that Jeff Wilson ends up getting a lot of that touchdown work or maybe splitting carries with McKinnon. Um, it's not something that I can 100% uh double down on or anything but this is what happened last year if you remember we had the same kind of conversations about what happens when these guys are out and if there's an injury and then this guy jeff wilson came in and just started scoring touchdowns on us yeah and then <laughs> ricky moster came back and we all expected coleman to be the guy and it was moster it's 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 hard to juggle the guys fantasy wise it reminds me of trying to figure out the patriots backfield but we're down to the bare bones here and i think that McKinnon is now healthy and more talented. They're going to use him first. Just mentioning, because you said that there was nobody else out there, and there is a guy who uh, has vultured touchdowns before from our Was he, like, on the practice squad up until uh, this week? I certainly don't think Because I don't remember seeing him on the depth chart. Well, I don't know what depth chart you're using. Jeff Wilson. Okay, there he is. This is admittedly a depth chart that includes men that shouldn't be there. (laughs) As Jeff Wilson appears, a wild Jeff Wilson appears, uh, stymieing Jarek McKinnon's touchdown. Do not forget about Kyle Juszczyk. <laughs> um, but I, I do agree with you that Jarek should get most of the work. I just, who knows, right? Because Especially because this guy's had injury concerns. And Do they give him uh, 15, 20 touches right away? I don't really think so. I think they'll, they'll try to ease someone in, especially coming back from being out for a whole year. I would agree with you, however... They're probably not going to start Jimmy Garoppolo this week. Yeah, going to be a, maybe maybe a lot of Jeff and Jarek then. It's the Jeff and Jarek squad. It's going to be Nick Mullins. Well, Mullins won a lot of games. No, that was C.J. Beathard. And Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins won like his uh, first couple games, didn't he, coming out? That was that crazy game where he scored like four touchdowns on his first start ever in the NFL. I'm I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> he has a three and five quarterback record from 2018. He did not start any games last year. Where's his game log? Come to me, Pro Football Reference. He had one uh, big game when he when he first came out that everyone went gaga over, and uh, then I think he, he went gaga. Oh yeah, his first game was uh, 262 and three touchdowns, zero 
interceptions. And then and then he kept starting, and then uh, you know w- what happens always ha- continued to happen. And he has an interception in almost every single game, other than that. Yeah, well, he's no Nathan Peterman, you know, but uh, uh, but who is Dave? He's all right. Who is he's all right. <laughs> okay, on to Traquan Smith, a guy who I did not see mentioned a lot in waivers this week. Last week, Michael Thomas was out. Smith had five catches on seven targets, 86 yards. It's respectable. There's going to be a lot of extra volume to go around if Michael Thomas sits yet again. The Saints are going to be playing the Packers this week, and the Packers have been the most dominant team in the NFC. But there's one thing that they don't do incredibly well, and that's limit wide receivers. So the Packers have given up the ninth most points to opposing wide receivers. This was the worst thing I could find about the Packers. They're really good this year. But they are, you know, allowing some points to wide receivers, probably because teams are uh, getting garbage points against them. So uh, the Saints are surely going to be leaning on Alvin Kamara for a majority of their offense, but they're going to need to throw the ball a lot to keep up with Rodgers. I expect the Saints to play well and clean up the sloppy play from Monday night. I think one of the reasons why they lost is they had, like, 10 penalties for 150 yards or something like that. The Saints are 10-1 and following a loss since 2017, so I expect a lot of fantasy fireworks from this game. I'm not saying the Saints are going to win, but I expect them to play very well. Smith is a good option to slide in your lineup if you've been in- bitten by the injury bug. There's lots of you know problems everywhere on everyone's team already with injury. Perhaps your bench depth at wide receiver isn't what you quite thought it was. I think Traquan Smith is like a WR4 this week, which may be good enough to make your lineup. Any thoughts on Traquan Smith, Dave? No. Year after year, like, we try to bring him up into some kind of uh, uh, fantasy valid state, and it doesn't seem to work. Uh, but I, it, I agree. It's this Michael Thomas thing where we're like, yeah, there's targets. There's, Michael Thomas isn't healthy. He's going to go to Traquan. And I agree with, with you in theory. I just I'm not I'm not gonna play him. You but know in I mean? practice, may not work. Well, let's be honest. Like, are are you gonna play Traycon Smith? I don't think I have him on any team. So I like, don't, I don't my my bench depth, like in week three, my bench depth isn't exhausted yet. But well, on other teams, I, you know, on on some teams, like my running back depth is exhausted. Well, I so like you may have not drafted good wide receivers this year. Uh, not he, you, but you, the royal you. He's gonna get played. I mean, there are there are a lot of fantasy leagues out there that are 14, uh, 16 teams, etc., or they're very deep. He's he's gonna get rostered, gonna get played. But I am not starting him because he has never shown me any uh, um, hope or love or or um, lust for life uh, when I've started him on my teams. Traquan Iggy Pop Smith. That's right. It's. So Iggy stays on the bench for me, or or more more likely than that, um, you know, on the on the waiver wire. But, I would go like over. I think he'll get ten points. Well, in PPR, that's not a lot from a receiver. That's all. I, I know, um, but sometimes when it's your last guy, it's good enough. Yeah, because well, the rest he, of your bench is scoring zero to eight. Like I said, I, I agree with what you said. It's just that he's never really been, he's never risen above the lackluster option that he ends up being. So I, I mostly endorse Traquan Smith here, provided Michael Thomas sits out. <laughs> Michael Thomas is in, you know, run away from Traquan Smith. Michael. I can totally agree with that. So uh, the fifth guy here on the list is Dalton Schultz, tight end from Dallas. Going into last week's game, Schultz had 14 career receptions. He added nine more on Sunday. He had 10 targets. 
He turned that into 88 yards and a touchdown. He did fumble, but it seems like the Cowboys are going to stick with him because Blake Jarwin, their other tight end, tore his ACL. So Dalton Schultz sits atop the depth chart in Dallas. This week, it's a big game against Seattle. One that might mirror last game's, uh, last week's game script where Dallas found themselves playing catch-up. When they were playing Atlanta, they were behind the entire game. They had to throw it a lot. Seattle's defense has been good against tight ends, but they haven't faced any high-profile com- com- competition yet. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Dak Prescott, however, is playing very good. Dave, you were a preseason favorite of uh, – or Dak was a preseason favorite of yours <laughs> – I should say. I, have I don't know that of, Dak Prescott is aware of you. I have him on a couple teams. I don't know Dak personally. He did so well uh, last year. He got paid. He got more offensive uh, uh, people added to his team. Did this, he? He didn't get paid. He got the franchise tag, didn't he? Isn't that the same thing? Uh, ask Kirk Cousins <laughs> if he thinks that it's the same thing. I. He it, went to the Vikings to get paid. Are they just working out a deal with him then? That's what I was looking at. Well, when you're on the franchise tag, you don't get signed during the year. It won't happen until the offseason. It looks like he signed a contract for one year for $31 million. That sounds like franchise money. Yeah, okay. Well, then then you're correct. Uh, uh, I take back the got paid. He's going to get well, look, paid. But I, the point is... the point is I'm poo-pooing $31 million as being as getting paid. I think the point, the point That's is... That's more than I'll get paid in my entire lifetime. That he's at the point in his career where... Uh, he's as good as he's going to be with like this cast of characters that are around him that they got specifically for them to have an explosive offense. And when you have those guys on your team like CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper, like there there are there's no um, uh, there's no lack of talent in that offense. And you've got Ezekiel Elliott who is this guy that I just like forgot about for a minute, <laughs> you know, and Blake Jarwin was super hyped up this year. And it's very sad that he tore his ACL in like the first or second game that he was out there, but it doesn't really matter. Cause next man up the tight end for that team is going to get eight targets a game because yeah. it's the Dallas Cowboys passing offense. It's funny. I was looking at a list of all of his plays and he has like a ceiling of 10 yards per play. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what happens. If you're in a PPR league and, and you don't grab this guy, you're just a fool because in a PPR league, he'll be a top 12 tight end uh, no matter what. The tight ends this year have been completely random. So among the top 10 are Jonu Smith, Noah Fant, Mike Kosecki, Jordan Reed, TJ Hawkinson. All guys we expected to be in the top 10 preseason, right? Jonu. Didn't I say that? What is he? Did I not say Jonu? No, Jonu I did expect. The, okay. o- the other guys I agree with the you. The others were not. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it has only been, uh, notably, two weeks in the NFL. But you're right that uh, where are the other big names? Where's where's Kelsey and Kittle and uh, all these other guys? Kelsey's in the top ten, um, but I, Kittle's not. Well, for obvious reasons. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that, that we'll see some, some uh, uh, things change. But it is kind of cool right now that we're, that we're seeing a lot of these other guys uh, develop. And uh, I think that Dalton Schultz is one of those guys – that you get every year that you didn't know who he was before, and he's going to finish in the top 15 of the tight ends. I actually did know who he was. He's... Because he is the brother of my brother's co-worker. There you go. You got the inside <laughs> tip. I so Yes. He's, he's on all your fantasy teams, Of the teams, existence right? of Dalton Schultz. He's on all your teams. You, you... I did pick him up on the waiver wire in, like, one league. <laughs> you know, let's, let's roll with it. I like it.
I have just cracked open another beer. It is another in the uh, Revolution Sour series. This one being Freedom of Assembly. Oh, I gotta finish up my beer so I can get some of that. It's the uh, Session Sour Ale with blueberry and ginger extract. Very nice. And we did uh, have one a little earlier before the show, and it was excellent. Very I highly recommend all of the uh, Sour series that Revolutions put out. The Freedom of Speech and the Freedom of the Press, which is a pomegranate sour. Uh, I'll leave you to guess what the Freedom of Speech was. So that's... The First Amendment series by uh, Revolution. Yes, it is. Well, I Not agree. Not to be confused with the 21st Amendment series uh, by a different brewery <laughs> whose name escapes me. Uh, I'm not sure what that what that's called either, but look it up, though. Beer, beer is obviously a very important component of what we talk about and uh, how we experience football on a weekly basis. I think that, uh, uh, and, and no offense to those people out there that don't drink, but I think that... Uh, enjoying a football game, whether you're there or watching it on on television or listening to it on the radio, uh, with a couple of really quality beers, just hires the uh, the, the level of entertainment. It, I concur. Uh, it lifts it up to uh, to something special. So uh, I believe we're gonna enter this new segment called Fantasy Fools Gold. I will tell you guys, um, everyone that's listening and everyone that listens after the fact that we are about to switch over formats in the next week or two to a YouTube format where we're actually going to be on video. And you can come into the chat room and you can tell us if we should just, it should have stayed on, uh, you know, <laughs> on audio only. We don't want to see your ugly faces. You got a face for radio there, buddy. <laughs> Whatever you want. But I am also going to uh, record some some cool little uh, uh, segments um, back and forth audio in, in my little studio that I built in, in my house. And I was thinking about even playing occasionally throughout the season a couple little parody songs on my guitar, if Jason will let me. Uh, no, Dave, I don't want you to play guitar on the on the podcast. You know how, how many... Oppor- that wouldn't make the podcast awesome or anything. <laughs> you know how many great opportunities there are uh, in weeks like this and other weeks. Uh, we were talking about fantasy and injuries, and uh, I could have written a whole song about... Uh, uh, about some of the coaches that, uh, that didn't want to wear masks and got fined $100,000 each. There's, there's a whole lot of good stuff out there, just material for days. The so. coaches who had COVID and are not wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Not that they're, you know, it's that they should have learned their lesson, not that, never mind. Well, I, I, I'm not taking it in any direction other than I just thought it was entertaining. That's all. That's all we want is entertainment. <laughs> That's what we're here for. That's what I want. So Fantasy Fool's Gold is a segment that uh, I started this year, uh, last show, but we've done it before. And it's about players that are on the rise due to stuff that happened in week one or two or to situational stuff about players that um, you know maybe have, have moved on from the team due to a trade or gotten injured. And uh, that's propelling players into a, uh, a position where they're more likely to get touches. Um, I think that because of those particular situations, there are a lot of players that get picked up, but they're never going to be good on your fantasy team. And I'm here to tell you what a few of those players might be. Last week, I touched on a lot of those guys. They ended up being good picks for me. So uh, much like Jason did uh, the previous week and go over, uh, went over his busts, I'm going to do that very quickly here. Uh, I picked last week for those players that I don't think are going to have any kind of fantasy value going forward, even though they had a good performance or a good situation. Last week I talked about Benny Snell, uh, Peyton Barber, 
Jamison Crowder, uh, Alan Lazard, and Logan Thomas. All those guys were waiver wire pickups or guys that were being hyped, etc. And granted, we still have a lot of season left, but I at least kind of won out on those guys. You're last right week. for this week. <laughs> so I'm just holding on to that, uh, you know, and, and hoping that I can have that same kind of success going forward. I'll drink to that. Well done. Mm-hmm. But so what... remember, everybody, you can go on our website and check out Dave's rankings. Dave being the number six overall preseason ranking uh, expert for 2019. So he knows a little bit of what he speaks. For Fantasy Pros specifically. Yes. And if you are not familiar with Fantasy Pros, they are not sponsoring us, but I still highly recommend their services. I mean, is there another site that aggregates Fantasy Experts rankings? There are a couple uh, that invite me on a an annual basis to to enter for like contests. Uh, they they have given uh, some some kinds of uh, of like money prizes and things like that. Oh. But none of them have that sort of polish of Fantasy Pros, and they all kind of look like they're just starting or they don't have a lot of material. Fantasy Pros is definitely the most established Fantasy one. Fantasy Pros is professional as fuck. Yeah, and they—I mean—they have a, an app with a, a ton of really cool features, and this is becoming a commercial. They're not paying me, so I'm going to move on. No free ads. <laughs> um, that said, this I'm just per- going to enjoy this delicious Revolution beer. This particular week, I'm picking three players that are a little bit more high caliber, uh, even beforehand. And so I'm not expecting to necessarily be right about all these guys. But what I want to tell you is that just because a player looks like they are primed for something and people are hyping them up, it certainly does not mean that anything will happen at all. Fool's gold means you may be able to sell someone else into the thought that this is real gold. Yeah, I mean, pick them up. You don't have to play them. You could just trade them to somebody else who was trying to get them. One of the best ways to do that is to look if you're in an FAAB league that has the the free agent auction uh, and see what somebody bid before you and then try to trade that player that you got right under them to them those players that also bid for them because you know that they already want that guy and uh, you're basically you, you can get in those situations sometimes a player who is a known commodity for a player who could be a zero so that's uh, the trade tip of the week for me uh, so let's start uh, Darrell Henderson or Daryl, I still don't know how to pronounce his name. Somebody please tell me in the chat room. Uh, let's go with Daryl today. Daryl Henderson. <laughs> um, he followed up a quiet week one with 12 carries for 81 yards and a touchdown in week two. He had two receptions for 40 yards. The problem is not that him or Cam Akers or Malcolm Brown might be able to provide fantasy production for your team because they have all proven that they are, at least uh, you know, with the eye test and seeing them playing in NFL games, good running backs in this system behind this offensive line. That's not a problem. The problem is, like we talked about with the 49ers, with the New England Patriots, with a lot of teams uh, in the NFL from a year-to-year basis, is that they're going to be part of a committee that changes from week to week. So the numbers that I'm talking about, this uh, 12 carries for 81 yards and a touchdown, uh, that's a direct result of the injuries suffered during that particular game. So Akers went out there early, uh, sorry, went out of the game early after separating rib cartilage. He had only put up three carries for 13 yards when he went out very early in the game. He separated rib cartilage. Correct. Damn. <laughs> well, it's it's better than than some other. Injuries. I like some of these injuries you don't hear about very often, and they just sound like, man, that sucks. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, and Malcolm Brown fractured his left pinky. 
Um, so, uh, although, it, well, it says like a lot of and times. Some of them you just kind of laugh at, and you're like, he's a football player, and he hurt his pinky. Well, that's you know, like for example, in your section, you were talking, <laughs> you were talking about uh, uh, was it Acres that you had brought up earlier, um, and you were talking about or included the fact that Malcolm Brown was injured, or maybe that was the injury list I was talking about at first. That's your injury list earlier, yeah. But uh, you know, a lot of places will say finger. So I was like, okay, right, so finger. do you break his finger? He has a jam finger. What's the deal? If you fracture your left pinky, it's probably not going to prevent you from playing a football game. Can't they be like the fifth outside <laughs> finger and not be like the pinky? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times, uh, some websites only give generic injury stuff, and some of them give really, really specific ones. There's a yeah. lot of doctors on Twitter. We could do a whole show about people to follow on Twitter. But a lot of doctors on Twitter that will look at the injuries and then go into further examination about them. And that's really fun as well. So look some of those guys up. Anyway, my point is that uh, it was it was Brown that rushed for 79 yards and two touchdowns in week one. And, uh, and any of these guys could be a great running back from week to week, and that's what we're going to see. Now, this particular week, it may well be Henderson that does well or doesn't do well. Uh, but the other guys are still coming back from injury, so he'll have the opportunity. The whole point here is there's a lot of people out there that paid a lot of money for Henderson on the waiver wire, and he may well uh, be so unpredictable as to be unplayable from week to week for the rest of the season. That's what I think will happen. Uh, interesting. Um, so as far as the depth chart goes there, they've got – Xavier Jones and Raymond Calais. So, I, I, yeah, I got to imagine, at least for a game, if both guys are out, it's going to be a lot of Daryl Henderson. And that's fine. And this is more about, like, uh, you know, throughout the year. Right. The Fool's Gold is not focused on one week. It's focused on rest of season. But but when people were picking up Henderson, they, they weren't picking him up for just one game because I was seeing uh, waiver wire bids out there for a lot. Oh, I, I got him for a steal. I'm very proud to say. I got him for, like... $2 in FAAB budget. Well, there you go. Then no problem there. I'm happy with that. Very. Hey, if you purchase anybody for less than five bucks, then as far as I'm concerned, that's worth it because that's how much it costs for like a hot dog. So hot dog and fries, I'll pick up Henderson. Only at Costco, really, are you getting a hot dog that cheap. Well, you get three hot dogs uh, but, and three drinks. <laughs> but we digress. They are <laughs> playing the Bills this week. The Bills have a good defense. That's a tricky play. So I didn't mention that because I, I'm not often talking about the week-to-week matchups right. in this particular uh, column. However, you're right. Uh, um, even though he is the clear running back uh, right now, I do think the Bills have a, a really tough defense against the rush. And even though the news right now points to the other guys, Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers, maybe not playing, it's Wednesday. And there's... I don't think there's a big reason why they couldn't come back. Uh, it's Wednesday, my dudes. From these injuries uh, in the next couple of days. I think a pinky, you know, might be less than a week injury. <laughs> He's going to be a crybaby if he can't come back. Separated cartilage in your ribs, you know, that sounds like you're going to have trouble breathing. <laughs> well, at least the doctor didn't poke him in the lung and collapse it, you know. Pinky that's... means, like, can you stick it out all the way when you're drinking your tea? I'm not sure. He didn't go all, all tie rod on, it, on the injury, so. He's Dude. Gonna... I know that you may not have gotten a chance to see that game. Tyrod looked like he was in so much pain on the sideline. He was doubled over. It was like it, it was very clear that there was something wrong with well, him. Well, the news said he had a collapsed lung. Yeah, he went to the hospital. Right, so th- that's not okay. But he didn't go right away. He was just sitting on the bench for the first like 
drive of the game. That's extremely rough. Yeah. Uh, got two more guys. One guy, Darius Slayton. Another guy told you that there would be some guys here that you wouldn't agree with. Not you, Jason, but anybody out there The listening. royal you. Just because uh, I know that these guys have done well, and that's the whole point of this. So Slayton killed it in week one against the Steelers, bringing in six receptions for 102 yards and two touchdowns. Really, really nice job. But he had trouble in week two uh, at Chicago, uh, only going for three for 33 yards. And Sterling Shepard on injured reserve with turf toe, like we just talked about earlier. So you'd think that Slayton would get even more opportunities as the number one wide receiver there that would equate to weekly fantasy points. But team managers like you and I are going to find that he's a boom or bust player uh, that suffers, along with everyone else on the New York football giants, uh, with nice. the loss of Saquon Barkley, removing this huge dimension of the offense, uh, allowing the other defenses to come in, uh, the opposing defenses to look at the team and say, uh, their running backs, not that great. We've seen them before, nothing special. Right. And the quarterback... Deion Lewis doesn't scare anybody. The quarterback, just okay. Their wide receivers, nobody's that great. There's Slayton, who sometimes got free because of the Ezekiel, or sorry, the Saquon Barkley uh, stuff. Yeah. But I think right now the Giants, uh, I, I feel like they're going to be passing to, to Golden Tate and Evan Engram and the easy pass-off targets and that their defense, uh, the defenses that play against them, are going to easily be able to lock up Slayton and not worry about the run that much. So, like you were talking about Deion Lewis, sure, he can get some passes out of the backfield. Sure, I mean, the team might even play like more of a prevent defense and allow them to have those plays because it's not like they're going to get first downs, getting yeah. three yards on backfield it's gonna passes. Be a lot of, it's going to be a lot of dump-offs and stuff. But as you said to me offline when we were working on prepping the show earlier today, Let's just probably not start any Giants for the rest of the year. I, I would like to to just <laughs> wipe the Giants from anyone's fantasy mindset. Let's just pick from 31 teams this year. I guarantee you. In fact, we could probably eliminate the Jets while we're at it. Nobody drafted a bunch of Giants players, and if they did, they are just disillusioned um, and you know totally off their rockers. The only New York football team that matters is the one that actually plays in New York. <laughs> uh, Marvin Jones, my last one. So Detroit Lions... Always full of promise, ultimately disappointing. Kind of like getting a, a pizza at a dive bar. You're you're a, a little drunk and you think that that pizza looks really good on the menu, but it's just going to go through a salamander. It's going to be a frozen Jack's pizza, and that's what you get. Yeah. So Marvin Jones, uh, the Lions, Galladay missed the first two games of the season. Jones expected to pick up big numbers as the number one wide receiver on that team. Never really happened. Uh, eight receptions for 78 yards and a touchdown. Now, Galladay may be suiting back up starting in week three. Uh, Marvin Jones is going to lose some of those 14 targets that he caught eight of and is not likely to perform at a high level while the rest of the Lions offense slacks off or whatever it is that they're You doing. have to admit, it's what they do best. Yeah. So I love Marvin Jones. In the past, I've owned him on teams. He's been really good. But Marvin Jones is that guy that's really great as this uh, number two receiver when you have a team that the offense is clicking on. And sure, Stafford is healthy, and yeah, Hawkinson is doing well, but their their running back situation is very up in the air with uh, Swift and Peterson and Kerryon Johnson, and Galladay not being healthy is the biggest problem to this whole offense. It's not working. And, and Marvin Jones is a guy that you drafted to play on your roster probably as a flex wide receiver or even a wide receiver three. 
he is not living up to those expectations. No. If you take not. away the tight end, uh, or sorry, the touchdown, I mean, that's literally uh, like four or five points a game, which is just dismal. Yeah. Good. Yeah, good adjective. <laughs> well, that's all I got from the Fantasy Fools Gold. These are more uh, tough uh, selections than they were the previous uh, the previous week, but that's what I got for you. We'll, we'll check in next week and see how you did. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I don't think are going to do so well this week. I have five busts for you for week three. Now, these are specifically geared towards the week three matchups, situations they're in right now, as opposed to your more of a rest-of-season outlook. Well, I'm glad that you started the, the season, uh, sorry, the, the podcast with the replacement players who can actually succeed because the rest of it, injuries, fantasy fool's gold, the cut list, uh, the busts, are all negative Nancys, man. This is not a cheery podcast. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> Perhaps later in the season, when everyone's scoring 30 points a game, we can have a celebration. Let's just let's shout out Aaron Jones right now for scoring 43 points. Yeah, Aaron Jones. That was is, amazing. Aaron Jones is a badass. So yeah. here are the guys you should not play. <laughs> so, Mike Davis. I know that this is one of the biggest waiver pickups of the week, but. It's the end of the world, as McCaffrey owners know it. They won't be fined for at least four to six weeks. In the meantime... <laughs> the end of the world is Saquon Barkley owners. McCaffrey owners are just having a bad couple weeks. McCaffrey owners are people who drafted McCaffrey over the... Oh, like, first overall. Yeah. And that's... they didn't win last week because of him, and they didn't win this week because of him. Well, that That is that is a sad circumstance. Although he is still, like, the RB3. Mm-hmm. He's so good, mm-hmm. and he's going to be missed. So, Mike Davis was a hot commodity on the waiver wire... But he could hardly get anything going last year. He had eight uh, receptions in garbage time last week, and that surpassed his catch total for all of 2019. He was on two different teams in 2019. He didn't even have eight catches. Aside from garbage time, which obviously the Panthers are likely to find themselves in most weeks, I don't expect Davis to be able to do very much at all. This week, the Panthers have to travel across the country. They're going to L.A. They're going to play the Chargers. The team that seems to play up or down to their competition. Down is the keyword this week because the Panthers are bleh and they have a little meh thrown in there. So I don't expect much out of Davis this week. I don't expect much out of him at all while McCaffrey is gone. He is not a suitable replacement in your lineup for Christian McCaffrey. You need to rely on the bench step that you drafted out of a desperate instead of a desperation waiver wire pickup. Because Mike Davis is not the answer anywhere. He's not even the answer for Carolina. They're going to probably wind up not using him very much. I can't, I, can't, I can't see a scenario where they stick with Mike Davis as the primary back for the entire time McCaffrey is out. You know, They're going to run with a rookie. They're going to do something else because he's going to be completely ineffective. He was, on a, he was on the Bears last year who had no running back depth, and they still traded him. I think you're a little too down on him as a replacement level player, but I agree in almost all respects that uh, there, he's certainly no nobody that gets put in there could fill in for Christian McCaffrey. And if you're trying to get him as a fill in for Christian McCaffrey, you should have picked someone else that would have been a better replacement. Anyone right. else? Whatever the third best running back that you drafted is, 
it's going to be a way better option than Mike Davis. Probably so. So, you got David Johnson, the running back for Houston. He briefly, very briefly, reminded us on opening night of the player he used to be. Last week was a different story. So, given the same opportunities... And week two, this guy knows knows everything over here, I'm telling you. You know, I work with the sample size I'm given, Dave. Given the same opportunities in both games, he had 11 carries and 4 targets. He managed only 50 yards from scrimmage against the Ravens. Now that's the Ravens. Tough defense, but this week it gets no easier. This week the Texans travel to Pittsburgh. The the Steelers' defense completely shut down Saquon Barkley in week one. Saquon has some absurd stat for the season, which he will end the season with. He had like 19 carries on the season, and nine of them went for negative yardage. <laughs> I, I may be, I'm, I'm paraphrasing that a little, I suppose. I may not be quite exact, but it's essentially that just... Um, so the Steelers are giving up the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. The Texas are str- Texans are struggling after inexplicably trading away their best player, uh, aside from Deshaun Watson. I guess they kept him all around. So it's going to take some time for them, uh, and it's going to take more than a running back who's past his prime. David Johnson, bad fantasy start this week. Do not play him against Pittsburgh. That's not to say that he won't be worthy of a start later in the season, but this week, keep him on your bench. Then you've got Jordan Reed, tight end for San Francisco. This is such a bummer. I, I should have sprinkled in the good and the bad, I guess. I don't agree with everything you're saying about David Johnson. However, he just played Baltimore, and now he plays Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's allowed 133 rushing yards the entire year. You've got to, you've got to agree with not playing him this week, at least. No, I agree with don't play him against Baltimore or Pittsburgh. Okay. Everything else uh, remains to be seen. It's literally the the title here literally is says five busts for week three. So yeah, I agree. David Johnson, I agree big you, yeah. bust for week three, still being ranked in the top twenty running backs. Don't start him. Uh, Jordan Reed. So he did find the end zone twice on Sunday for the Niners. He is a tight end after all, and those things happen randomly for tight ends it seems. So he all reminded us uh, reminded us all of better times, like way back in 2015 when he could score touchdowns and we didn't have to wear masks. So if George Kittle plays, then don't worry about Reed. He's not going to be fantasy relevant. But if he sits, and it sounds like it's a possibility, because as we were saying earlier, uh, the 49ers do not like the turf at MetLife Stadium. They may think, hey, it's a good time to go ahead and rest our star player for one more week. Yeah. If Reed winds up being the starter, then you're going to combine Reed playing for a couple weeks in a row with playing in a really bad stadium turf. It's going to equal a Jordan Reed injury. I have no numbers to back this up. I just have a gut feeling that he's going to get bitten by the turf monster if he starts and that Jordan Reed is going to get hurt like he has in the last four years in a row. So I, I do not like Jordan Reed at all in this situation. It's going to be Nick Mullins trying to get him the ball anyways. Um, so don't worry about the two touchdowns that he scored on Sunday. Think about the fact that the 49ers offense is going to be run, 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 and then they're going to run some more, and then they're going to keep running the ball. And that's about all they're going to need to do because they're playing the Giants. <laughs> so a guy who did look... All right, on Sunday was Justin Herbert, who had to start, as we were saying, uh, at the very last minute for Terod Taylor. So he had an impressive game, and he was kind of thrown right in there before kickoff. He didn't have time to think about it, and I think that that helped him. He scrambled well. He threw the ball with a rocket arm. He had pretty good accuracy. He made a couple of mistakes, including 
the classic like rookie throws against his body and it winds up kind of airmailing the ball and it gets intercepted. And that happened late in the game when the Chiefs were trying to come back and allowed the Chiefs to come back. So this week he faces the Panthers. Surprisingly, the Panthers, who are crap this year, have given up the second fewest points to opposing quarterbacks. And they haven't even faced like the worst quarterbacks. They played David Carr and Tom Brady so far. Derek Carr. A car. A car brother. Let's just... There's well, only one of them. They know who I'm talking about. Well, Derek Carr has been really good so far this year somehow. And the Panthers were able to hold him down. Mm-hmm. But he played very well this week, for sure. So it, it, it shows a little something. Perhaps it's because the Panthers are just letting everybody run all over them. So a whole week to think about the start is going to make Herbert look like a typical rookie. For the Chargers... They're going to have to lean on the run game. They're going to lean on it a lot. As we said earlier, their two running backs are both tied for sixth most carries in the league. I expect the Chargers to run the ball a whole lot and uh, for Justin Herbert to not be a good start this week. He is relevant in two quarterback leagues. Roster him. Do not start him this week. Wait for him to put a couple of good games together. And then I have my sort of bolder bust pick of the week is Matt Ryan. So once or twice a year, Matty Ice is going to deliver you a proper dud game. He has played very well this season. I think he has games of like 25 and 28 plus points. That's great. But the Bears are giving up the fourth fewest points to opposing quarterbacks. So even though Ryan's had a good streak to start the year, I think he runs into the wall this week. The Bears limited Matt Stafford to one touchdown. They kept Daniel Jones under 10 fantasy points. So they've played well so far. Those are not good quarterbacks this year, however. They're not. This is the best quarterback they have to face so far. But you're right. But I think that the Bears are going to get the better of Matt Ryan this week. What's going to happen is they're 0-2, the Falcons are. They're going to be desperate for a win. They're going to throw the ball a lot. That's going to lead to turnovers because that's what the Bears traditionally have been able to do best. Is this where you start to to to, to try and rekindle some Bears love uh, because they're, they're 2-0? No, I'm about to crap on them. Don't worry. <laughs> so what's going to happen is the Falcons... I mean, I do think the Bears are going to wind up winning this week. But what's going to happen is the Falcons are going to be the best 0-3 team in the league, and the Bears are going to be the worst 3-0 team in the league. But I stand by the fact that I don't think you should start Matt Ryan this week. You know, I I, I talked already about getting a little cute and playing um, Ryan Tannehill over Matt Ryan this week in a league where I have the two of them. Ryan Tannehill plays Minnesota. Minnesota's been pretty bad so far this year. Matt Ryan is pretty good, or is pretty good, but he's not. I, I just don't like it. I think he's going to run into that wall. I am right now, as we speak, changing the lineup. That doesn't mean it's going to stay, but I'm changing it now. He's going to change it back and forth like five times. Ah, uh, we'll see. <laughs> we will see. Well, I I'm expecting a. I'm two and zero in this league. It's my only two and zero league. I I'm, don't want to lose. I'm expecting at least one Jonu Smith touchdown from Ryan Tannehill, um, but without uh, without AJ Brown being uh, really involved, it's been kind of an issue. You've seen uh, a little bit more of uh, our, our our friend Corey Davis out there. Uh, yeah. Representing the fact that maybe he has some football in him. Um, but, uh, or around him or near him, at least it's, it's, uh, it's just difficult to not play the guy that has, um, 
Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. We haven't talked enough about Russell Gage, who has been a fantastic wide receiver, and people thought that Hayden Hurst was going to come in and get a bunch of targets. But no, it's been three wide receivers on the Falcons. Hurst, played, Hurst put in a good game last week, too. But Julio Jones has been having issues and not doing well yeah, and having hamstring problems, and I think that's going to linger this entire year. So you're just going Don't to have... say that. That's what I think. You're, you're going to have Ridley and Gage doing very well throughout the year. I think Ridley is a WR1 in fantasy football right now. And and Gage has to be probably top 15 as well. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's not what we expected out of that team. And perhaps because of, you know, because it's not going the way we expected. I don't know. I just, like I said, it's the bold pick of the week. It's like me picking Derrick Henry to bust out in week one. Well, you... Or to bust in week one. So you, you picked Matt Ryan as your bust. That means you can't play him. my bold bust. Right? You can't play him. I I already... You can check the league, Dave. I changed the lineup. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting my money where my mouth is. He did it, folks. We'll see what happens. on a happy note or should we end it on yet another downer where you tell us all the players that we need to cut from our team well you know me i i I don't i don't necessarily like uh adding too much joy to fantasy football discussion i prefer the (laughs) i prefer the opposite end you know i like the ass end of the fantasy football uh and since we're at the ass end of the podcast perhaps we just continue with this whole ass end of the uh fantasy players so tell us about the ass end of our fantasy rosters there's and where it needs to go there are a couple of uh of of websites our site included that has have done some things like this what i would like you to do jason is just uh uh, what we'll do we'll be pretty quick about this uh is just to give me a comment on the guys when they come across okay okay Okay. and and i pulled up a couple of stats uh which i'll mention but ultimately think of this as trends before the trends happen uh as we go into weeks three and weeks four and week five of the fantasy season we can look back on the last three weeks at any given fixed moment and say uh this is where this player is trending based on the matchups that we've seen is this player going to be good or bad in a trajectory heading towards the end of the season? But right now, uh, these are players that you are going to have on your team. If you are in a 10 or 12 team league that you should not have, you might think you should keep them, but you should not. And I own like one or two of these guys right now on my team uh, on some redraft leagues. I noticed a few in mine too. And they need to go. So okay. this is just a cleanup. It's a, it's a little. I'll uh, get my. I'll get. I'll have one window with this and one window with the p- cut players. I'll think about cutting them at, on, live on air. Oh, that'd be great. You're like he's cut. He's cut. He's cut. Uh, so let's start. Let's start with Drew Brees. So Drew Brees. Uh, you never think he'd be on the cut list, right? But he simply hasn't been that good uh, lately. His first game, he had uh, 18 for 30. Uh, 160 yards and two touchdowns. So that kept his numbers up a little bit because of the two touchdowns, but only 160 yards. They've been running a lot uh, with with Kamara. They've been doing a lot of things. They bring in Taysom Hill. Drew Brees is old, and this is his last year, and everyone knows that. His touchdowns get vultured. If he's not starting every week from you, 
Don't waste the roster spot. Week two, he had 312 yards. The game was a very long game. He needed to throw those yards. Only one touchdown and one interception. So there are other quarterbacks better in a 10 or 12 team league than Drew Brees for you on your roster. And there is, there's not anything telling me that Drew Brees is going to be getting better as the season goes on. Not until Michael Thomas comes back. <laughs> so I would cut Drew Brees and I would put somebody else uh, uh, on the roster. Daniel Jones, uh, here's another guy who uh, was pretty good in past fantasy seasons. But, for example, this, Season. For, for example, in this past <laughs> year, uh, uh, in the past game versus Chicago, he went 241 uh, with one interception and zero touchdowns. Even when he had two touchdowns in week one, he also had two interceptions. Uh, he has problems with a lot of his receivers, including Sterling Shepard that has turf toe. He just lost Saquon Barkley. He's not someone you want on your squad. Just come in here with any comments you might have. Uh, don't start your Giants. <laughs> uh, Carson Wentz, uh, which is a bit of a surprise considering a couple of years ago he was one of the top drafted quarterbacks in all fantasy leagues, uh, regardless of what their rule structure was. Uh, this particular year, he again, uh, uh, week one versus Washington, had two touchdowns but two interceptions. And in week two versus the Rams, he had zero touchdowns and two interceptions with 242 yards. Uh, he is is one more guy that you may have drafted in the top ten of quarterbacks, but he's not playing that way, and it doesn't look like that's going to occur. Uh, that team may get their shit together, uh, and they may be able to run the ball well, uh, and the receivers might end up working at some point this year. The receivers have to get healthy first. You don't want to be uh, the, the team that's trying to help Carson Wentz along his path back to recovery. Nope, go with someone else. That's an easy, that's a no-brainer. Uh, we have uh, Frank Gore. Uh, who's out there not doing much of anything, averaging three yards per carry and uh, plodding along, not scoring touchdowns because it's the Jets. Uh, Le'Veon Bell will come back in a couple of weeks, making it an even further uh, confusing situation, and there is no real reason why you should ever have Frank Gore on your team at this point in his career. Now, we've said time and time again that it's the end of Frank Gore. It is certainly not. But he's not scoring enough yards or points or even proving that uh, he can run more than than uh, three, three and a half yards per carry on a regular basis. Oof. So he is not worth having on your team. I have Chris Thompson he's King here. Plotter. We thought Chris Thompson would be someone who kind of lit up the backfield uh, for the Jaguars. He has uh, doubled his targets uh, from two to four in week two. Uh, won't say anything more about that right now. I suspect that Chris Thompson made fun of Gardner <laughs> Minshew's mustache at some point. There you go. Well, James Robinson, who we haven't talked about, is just doing awesome. We and talked about him last week, and we, we pumped him up. This season. I mean, sorry, this this particular episode. Tonight we have not. But because of that, uh, they, they really are just going all out on James and don't need any Chris Thompson on that squad at this point. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, for much of the same reason, he's actually receiving a bunch of targets in the backfield, but does absolutely nothing with them because they're just dump-off targets. If you have Bernard on your team, what are you doing with five receptions for 22 yards? Are you playing him? <laughs> no, there's no for reason. For seven points in a full PPR? There is zero reason to play Giovanni Bernard or have him rostered at all except as a backup for Joe Mixon uh, as a handcuff. And as most of us know, uh, some some people uh, that I play fantasy with are still using this old philosophy. But there is no real reason to 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 roster a handcuff of a player who's a three down player. 
Because if you do, the the statistical likelihood is that you don't play that player the entire season and you just lose a roster. Just spot. think about the situation with Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey, both three down players, both guys who you're not going to put their backup in to replace them. You're going to want someone else. Yeah, so the value over a replacement player is just not high enough to keep those guys on your team uh, over someone who would be better uh, statistically. Tariq Cohen, who is a player who, uh, with the Bears, has lit up the backfield on occasion, but um, has not really done much of anything. Overall, it's been rare. Well, now we have Cordrell Patterson and uh, David Montgomery. Also bad in the backfield. (laughs) Cordrell Patterson, that is. This is the Bears we're talking about. Yeah. See, I, I'm not coming around to them. Don't worry. <laughs> but, but yeah, Cohen doesn't seem like someone who's going to provide value to your team. Uh, Boston Scott, who looked like a good pickup if uh, there was going to be a split between him and Miles, Sandard, Miles Sanders in the backfield. Uh, but it doesn't really seem like that's going to be the case. I mean, he had three receptions for 24 yards, and he rushed four times for 19 yards. So, again, it's similar to a Giovanni Bernard or Chris Thompson production level. Boston Scott could replace Miles Sanders, but until that case, there's no reason to have him. Agreed. Uh, Benny Snell, who is a player that was picked up by a lot of people, wasting a lot of fantasy dollars uh, vis-a-vis FAAB uh, salary money or whatever you call it, Auction money, be, be, whatever. Because Budget. There, there continues to be every year this strange assertion that uh, that Mike Tomlin and the Steelers are not going to go with one running back. <laughs> and I have to continually explain to everyone, including... Well, he was a little hurt. Yes. If, if, and it if, turned out to not matter. If a player is hurt, then they'll replace him with someone else. Yes. And that person will be the running back on the Steelers. Agreed. But, again, if James Conner in this situation... Uh, is playing, then James Conner is the running back and nobody else. And that's the way it works on the Steelers right now. So Snell has no value unless Conner is hurt. Now you can make your own assumptions as to whether or not he's going to get hurt, but I feel like these players are all um, have no value on anyone's team uh, because you can't play fantasy assuming that your players are going to be injured. Um, wide receivers, we have Larry Fitzgerald. And Larry Fitzgerald is an amazing wide receiver on a team uh, with an MVP-level quarterback, at least right now, who's playing out of his mind. But his receivers that he has are better than Fitzgerald now. And Fitzgerald is just that wonderful veteran presence. And, man, I hope that he at least gets to go far in the playoffs and have a chance to win a Super Bowl over the last two years of his career. Hey, I mean, I'd love to see Larry achieve something great at the end of his career. But it's not going to be for your fantasy team. No. So cut him if you have Fitzgerald. Nicole Hardman, another guy that everyone really loved to talk about and how he was burning and everything. But, you know, Sammy Watkins is a guy that they're using more in that offense. And they're throwing the ball around at a, a level that they hadn't done over the past couple of years. I think the Chiefs are finding themselves to be a little bit more uh, conservative almost. And they're just... There's still the Chiefs dominating the other teams, but they're they're not chucking the ball downfield to Hardman. I find no reason to have him on your roster when he does nothing for you. <laughs> uh, Deshaun Jackson is is a guy that would normally be a, a burner on the Eagles team, but what's happening with the Eagles? Carson Wentz isn't throwing the ball. The receivers are not out there, uh, and and nothing's nothing's going on. He with can't the be the only receiver on the team. Yeah. Jalen Rager just had another injury. I believe Alshon Jeffrey is out. 
because he only has soft tissue. <laughs> and, you know, the, the Eagles are uh, going to be, you know, a dumpster fire this year. That's right. Uh, we have Christian Kirk, who has been great in, uh, in years past. Uh, but he has had um, recently a, a groin injury, and even when he has been playing, uh, he's only gotten maybe uh, 9 or 10 targets that have resulted in, I think, 3 catches for 57 yards uh, overall. What this means is the Cardinals traded for DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> so who are they using all the time? Uh, they're using their running backs and DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. And Christian Kirk, you, you know, you're great, but you are not DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is the first and second option on that team. It's all DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and Kyler's so happy. Uh, Golden Tate. Uh, Golden Tate is on the Giants. And we already said, don't start your Giants. So that means don't start Golden Tate. Uh, don't even roster the guy. Um, it's just not going to work out for you. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, tight end. So funny this year that he came in with all of this this hype um, that he's going to come back to his old form, and he's on this team with Tom Brady, and everyone drafted him higher than he should have been. I, I do salute my, my fellow fantasy players and that he wasn't drafted in, like, the first round or two. You know, at least they, <laughs> they were able to keep from drafting him until his ADP, which I think was something more like uh, like 60 or, or something like that, 70 maybe. But... He has nothing left in him, this guy. So I don't know if it's uh, it's the conditioning, if he can't get the, his head around the playbook or what, but there's no there's no use case for Gronkowski in this offense with Arians. It was fun watching people draft Gronkowski because at any stage of the draft, in my opinion, it was a reach. And it was generally in the first, like, seven rounds that people were taking him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another guy um, that I just didn't take and didn't have any reason to take. Uh, and now you have Austin Hooper who uh, is a guy who got paid by the Browns. And as we know, anyone that moves to the Browns, whether they get paid or get drafted or, or get picked up in free agency or whatever, is going to be a horrible, horrible fantasy football player uh, unless they are a running back. The running backs are the only people on that team that can be good at football uh, for fantasy teams. So Hooper is now uh, four for 37 with zero touchdowns through two games. Uh, he has done nothing. And all their offense does is run the ball. And so I'm so glad that they that they traded uh, for Austin Hooper and paid him a bunch of money. A bunch of money. To do nothing. He got paid for sure. So congratulations to him. But he's not going to be a tight end one. He's going to be a tight end three. Oh, man. That's... Uh, and it's sad. Yeah. And, that's tight end hell right there. And we're sad for Austin Hooper. But... Here's a list of guys, you know, basically that that were drafted in uh, in most drafts that are basically, in my opinion, unrosterable right now. And I have two guys right now on my teams from this list, and I will go uh, through my my teams after this later tonight, and and probably cut them and just grab the next man up because honestly, that's the mentality you should have as a fantasy football team manager. Is next Especially in a 10, even in a 12-team league, there's always going to be a lot available. Um, I definitely cut Chris Thompson when it came to waiver time. <laughs> yeah. I did not have any of those QBs. I have Tariq Cohen on a couple of teams. He needs to go. Um, I have Fitzgerald and Kirk on dynasty teams, so it's a tougher call. Well, Kirk's younger, but Fitzgerald... Kirk stays on the dynasty team. Fitzgerald has no usage, no use case. I have an interesting case there where I have, like, <laughs> wide receivers 2, 3, and 5, 
And then the next wide receiver is ranked like 63. <laughs> I'm very top heavy in that league. I gotcha. Well, if you're if you're next man up after your first three wide receivers is Larry Fitzgerald, there's there's some <laughs> there's some problems there. On I that may want to look into some better depth. Yeah. But sure. uh, thank you, Dave, for uh, joining me again as always, and thank you everyone in the chat room for participating. Remember, we'll answer your questions. You can send us questions on Twitter. You can send us questions in email, Dave at Drink5 or Jason at Drink5.com. And check out our website, Drink5.com. We'll have the rookie report later in the week. We'll have some uh, rankings that Dave likes to post. We'll have uh, all kinds of good stuff. We'll be back next week on YouTube. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.